The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. Welcome back to a great episode of the AI Today podcast. If you've been listening to us now for over four years, oh boy, in our fourth year now, started in 2017, over 180 and some odd episodes, heading to our 200th episode soon. We may have to have a little celebration. Then <laughs> thank you for sticking with us. We know this is uh, now one of the top three rated I, uh, podcasts on iTunes and Spotify and a few other places in the topic of AI. So we are thrilled to have you be part of our great community. And if you're new, then check out all of our episodes. We have many. We have, as mentioned, almost 200 episodes with interviews with some fantastic people, people like Colin Angle, founder of iRobot. We have uh, interviews with people in the government and people in industry from pretty much almost every industry. And, you know, we have even more queued up. So uh, you're going to be hearing folks from retail, pharma, healthcare, automotive, manufacturing, pharmaceutical, you, you name it. And of course, governments at the state, the federal, the local, the international level, we've had interviews with people all the way out in the UK, like Tim Clement Jones, Lord Tim Clement Jones of the UK, and folks out in the city of Oslo, and of course, all over here in the US and various different states. So definitely stick with us on that if you are interested in hearing some great insights. And of course, we also have uh, great interviews with, with people on various insightful topics on the future of AI. And we spend time sharing with you, our listeners, research from Cognolytica, our market intelligence company, which is what sort of motivated a lot of us to produce this uh, AI Today and uh, uh, really, you should stick, stay with all this. And, of course, that's just to queue up what we have a great expert for you here at this podcast uh, that Kathleen will introduce. Yes. Our guest today is Kafir Yeshiyahu, who's the Senior Vice President of Products at Veritone. So, hi, Kafir, and thanks so much for joining us today. <clears throat> oh, hi, Kathleen and Ron. It's uh, grateful, uh, great, great being with you today in this really great podcast. We'd like to start by having you introduce yourself to our listeners, tell them a little bit about your background and your current role at Veritone. Of course. So I'm the, uh, as you said, the SVP of uh, product in Veritone, uh, busy building AI well, which is the operating system for AI, as well as the accompanying tools uh, to really solve some of the toughest problems in AI adoption today in general. Uh, one of those challenges that we're focused on is operationalizing and productizing AI, which is a fascinating topic for me. Having uh, started with data science many, many years ago, I've seen how data science was done in some of the most sophisticated data organizations in the world back uh, in the Israeli intelligence community and others. And I've been living the sort of evolution and mini revolutions of AI ever since in large companies like Microsoft and Amazon, as well as research groups in, in MIT and others. Uh, right before joining Veriton, I managed DevOps-oriented products in AWS, the, the Amazon cloud. So my perspective on MLOps is coming from kind of both sides, from the AI side and uh, DevOps. And now I'm seeing the trends in the space through both the perspective of Veriton itself and you know our own business units, 
as well as um, with our many customers of AIware who are in various stages of the AI journey. You know, that's really very insightful because, you know, we've been definitely spending a lot of time talking about machine learning operations and MLOps and model management and, you know, all these things that have you have to deal with once the model is, is built. You know, people tend to think of, of sort of all the work that has to go into training a model and making the model happen, which is definitely a lot of work, no doubt about it, especially yeah. even the data preparation, even before you even build the model, right? That's a lot of work. But now that, you know, these models are out there in the wild and in production, people are realizing the challenges of keeping these models relevant and high performance and just doing what they're supposed to be doing. So maybe you could talk to us about what you see some organizational challenges as they try to bring machine learning models into production. Of course. So, so, uh, you know, different studies and surveys are talking about somewhere between 50 to 90, it's a wide range, but uh, 50 to 90 of AI projects don't actually make it from prototype to production. Regardless of, you know, where you fall in the range, it's a pretty sad ratio. Uh, What makes it even worse is that AI projects take a long time to implement, often six months to a year. Um, And, you know, they're being worked by some of the most expensive talent in the organization. Uh, we in Veriton have experienced the same thing in the past. The, the first AI projects and applications developed by our business units took literally a month to complete. Uh, now we're looking at a fraction of that. And the stakes were sometimes too high to even start a project. So going uh, you know, directly to your question about challenges, uh, until recently, a lot of the buzz in the industry was about uh, talent shortage. I think personally, this issue is is going away. The market is is balancing itself, and good talent is coming from all sorts of different directions into the AI world. Uh, it is still not cheap, but uh, way more accessible than before. The challenges then have shifted, in my opinion, from talent gaps to process and system gaps. And I'll try to kind of. Uh, show that in, in four different buckets. So one of them is, is corporate process. Uh, how do I estimate the ROI of an AI project? How do I even define the project endgame? That's very different than, than traditional software projects or IT projects. The second bucket is integration to applications and, and solutions in general. Now, this may sound kind of sideways from from MLOps, but it's part of the whole challenge of productionizing AI. How to get models to play with the application. Uh, This is interesting for me, especially from a product standpoint, because naive approaches don't always work uh, because of the nature of the models, right? I'll give you one of many examples. AI models often produce results with uh, degrees or, or levels of confidence. This is a completely new concept for applications. How should the app present results if it's not deterministic? How should it allow fallback for low confidence? Uh, should it ever involve humans to, uh, in, in the process to complete the story when confidence is low? And the questions goes on and on. Those are some of the um, some of many new questions that AI really presents to, to application developers and people who try to production and, and product managers who try to make a product out of AI models. The the third bucket 
I would I would call it scaling and managing of the infrastructure. So how do I bring DevOps into the mix? I have data scientists and maybe I have engineers. How do I bring DevOps into the mix? Who in the organization is even uh, owning the scaling of the models and, and scaling of the infrastructure? And maybe actually the hardest question in, in this bucket is who should architect for scale, for speed, uh, for reasonable cost of, of AI, which is, which is a big uh, challenge when you get to production with some of the models. The last bucket is people tend to avoid it, but, but uh, security and privacy is a big issue when you start looking at uh, real use cases. How to apply similar uh, security and privacy practices to AI, similar to the ones we were used to in the IT world. How do I track and measure that? The business goals are, are similar to traditional software in terms of security and privacy, but the practices and the open questions are so different. So organizations who already figured out how to acquire AI talent and how to build prototypes are now really struggling with these four challenges and maybe more um, when they attempt to bring those models into production. Yeah, I like how you laid that out because I think that, you know, they people may have more than those four challenges, like you said, but it's great that to think about it in that way, you know, and how do you move forward with each one of those unique challenges? Kind of following up on that, since we now are starting to put these models into production, getting more, more practice with that and some experience, what are some of the best practices you've seen around model deployment, integration, and monitoring that companies may adopt as they move forward with their journey of artificial intelligence and machine learning? So this is a great question. We get that from, from many customers. It's also a very broad question. So I, I'll try to kind of focus for, for our listeners on um, specific best practices around abstraction and standardization. Uh, we've seen those as um, bringing back uh, significant ROI to, to those projects. And, and, you know, I'll expand. Um, in very turn, a lot of our investment excuse me, in the past few years before MLOps was even a common topic was around building uh, what I would call a seamless solution to the deployment, integration, scale, and monitor challenges uh, that you mentioned. The vision from day one was to provide our own business units and you know our external customers and partners a true what we call operating system experience where the underlying AI models are abstracted this is where I get to abstraction from the application layer via a standard interface. And are treated in a, in a similar way to how uh, hardware and devices are treated in traditional computational operating system. Uh, when, when we went after this challenge, we, we learned that to achieve operating system-like architecture, we had to standardize deployment techniques, uh, standardize scaling mechanisms, standardize the control plane, even the input and output interfaces for models, which tend to be very different, uh, we had to standardize them. So uh, when we did it, we found that by sticking to some of those best practices, uh, our customers can reduce both time to production and the future risk of the project, which is, which is a critical component. I think for, to, to make it tangible uh, for everyone, I'll give a few uh, quick examples. 
Uh, one good example of this is really the ability to swap a model underneath an application without changing anything in the application itself. Now, if we have any listeners uh, amongst application developers, they'll probably think, oh, it's, it's crazy. Uh, I will always have to make changes in the application when the data science team changes something or the model drifts or whatever. Uh, but it doesn't have to be this way. Old enough developers, software developers, probably remember how uh, you had to sometimes optimize your software for the hardware. Um, developers entering the market today, people that you know, you're interviewing people out of school, etc., they are very unlikely to ever think about anything underneath the operating system. Some do, but the vast majority don't. This is not the case with AI today. And I, I and, and very don't, I do believe that it has to be the case in order for AI to become universally deployed in production. Uh, I can give another quick example. Uh, data is another example. In If you think about traditional operating systems, all of the applications have access to the same data on the disk. And uh, users even expect the same file explorer interface to access files, regardless of the application being used and the vendor. This is extremely hard to achieve today in AI. Uh, this is a critical piece that uh, AI is coming to solve, but in general, it's, it, it is something that people need to think about when they productionize more than one application using the same model, the same data, uh, data platform, et cetera. You can get, uh, you can go go on and on about scalability and others, uh, and see how standardizing and abstracting the models from the application layer and the data layer really bring a lot of the benefits as uh, kind of the technical best practices of of production uh, productionalizing AI. Yeah, that's that's really insightful. I think you know, people are starting to realize some of these challenges and. You know, realize that there's more than just you know taking data science tools and and hammering out some models because you know these are living and breathing you know things. Well, maybe not literally, but <laughs> figuratively, <laughs> we have models that change and evolve over time, and people need to understand that data changes and therefore the models change and drift and all that sort of stuff. So, so how do you see this this universe of ML ops, which I have to say we've been talking about here at um, you know Cognolytica on our AI Today podcast, but as well as in our research and in our recent events, we had our machine learning lifecycle conference January twenty sixth through twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. Of course, all virtual as everything is these days, and it was a three day conference, and it's still available online. So for those who are interested in viewing some of the content, you should go to mllifecycleconf.com and you can take a look at it. We have quite a few. Sessions, I have to say, on on this ML ops from many different perspectives, both from you know companies that are building ML ops and, and and similar capabilities from the tooling perspective, but also end users, you know, uh, who are implementing this stuff. And so, you know, it's interesting and maybe even confusing for some people who have who are maybe are new to it, to this whole ML ops space. So maybe just ask you this question: you know, How do you see ML ops, you know, fitting into the overall ecosystem of machine learning, the tools and solutions, and all that? And how do you see ML ops evolving over the next few years? Yeah, well, that's um, an insightful question, Ron. Uh, I think the experience, um, I'll answer it from a different angle. The experience leading DevOps products in AWS um, exposed me to two interesting trends that are uh, that happened to the cloud before, and I believe are happening to 
AI today. Uh, the first one is software needed a new paradigm and new tools in order to be productionized at, uh, at scale in the cloud, right? People wrote desktop software all the time, but they needed new, new tools and new uh, paradigms for the cloud. The second trend is different roles inside the organization, engineering, IT, they all needed to learn how to work together differently in new ways to make this happen. So I think both of those trends are coming um, kind of together uh, into AI today. And, and when you think about it from the pure organization level uh, where MLOps is going, I think there are two, uh, two big things to focus on. And maybe this is actually a continuation of your previous question about best practices, but from a different angle um, about the organization and not the technical aspect. Uh, one kind of recommendation and, and the future for this is going, in my opinion, is, is focusing on small number of projects first. Uh, only then companies can fan out. What we're seeing in a lot of organizations today is that they actually find it easier to start on a new project at the prototype level than to take an existing prototype and to bring it all the way to production. So companies end up with a lot of prototypes but very little business value, which obviously goes back as uh, you know stressful for the organization, low ROI, et cetera. Uh, organizations need to learn how to take the first few projects to production, and then they develop a, a muscle memory, if you will, and have much higher chances for the high, uh, for the next project. The next the next part is is being multidisciplinary. And this is involving business groups from the get-go, involving application teams and data science teams together to talk about the full solution. Even beyond that, discuss who is in charge of scaling uh, production. Is it data? Uh, is it the data science team, the engineering team? Is it DevOps? If it's DevOps, don't get them into the mix later in the project. Get them into the mix early in the project. So when you think about all those all those components you really start seeing how um, MLOps becomes a must-have component of any AI initiative, right? Maybe similar to uh, DevOps, IT, cloud architect, site reliability, all those uh, roles that, you know, they were novel back a few years ago, but now they are a must-have in any software project. So developers in data science will come closer in the understanding of those spaces, but they're never going to be experts. The experts will have to rely on robust systems developed by vendors and, and eventually optimized internally in the organization. I think that, uh, to me, the most interesting part of, of MLOps in terms of its future is whether it's going to become uh, an integral part of AI and ML platforms, or it is going to stay a, a standalone tool set. I think it's going to be the former, which means that um, from, from an industry perspective, we may see expanded vision by some vendors that go into MLOps if they didn't before. We're going to see partnerships. We're going to see consolidations even uh, that will bring together different parts of the AI ML ecosystem into um, what I believe are going to be more holistic solutions for customers. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's actually something that we said um, at the beginning of the year 
which wasn't too long ago, actually, we talked about it in our predictions podcast that uh, machine learning platforms are going to start consolidating. And things like ML Ops, which right now are sort of standalone and, and sort of, in some cases, standalone, will definitely be uh, integrated into the into the products of, uh, into these platforms, these much larger platforms, especially in the cloud. I mean, you see it already in cloud environments. And you're starting to see it already mm-hmm. in these sort of broader machine learning platform environments. So th- that's definitely key. So for all you out there that are pursuing machine learning operations, just keep in mind that this is a, a space that is definitely evolving over time. And it sounds like, you know, from Veritone's perspective, you're, you're looking at this as part of the integrated um, <coughs> overall platform as well, right? Correct. That that's exactly what we're seeing ourselves, and we're seeing with our customers. All right, great. Well, you know, if you'd like to hear our podcast, we'll link to it in the show notes. And also, it's you know great to see that um, you're following the same the same mindset and seeing what we're seeing in the market as well. So, Kafir, thank you for this podcast. Um, it's been really insightful, and I I know our our listeners have learned a lot. We always like to end our podcast asking guests the same question because we get such wide and varied um, answers. As a final note, what do you believe the future of AI is in general and its applications to organizations and beyond? Well, that's a fun question. I I believe we are just scratching the surface, really. Um, And I say that because of the relatively high cost and risk of implementing AI uh, that, that we talked about. The pioneers, I think, are seeing the value and are busy pushing cost and risk down. But once this happens, really a a floodgate of use cases and implementations will will happen. The ability to be creative and inventive with AI will, uh, and I know this sounds big, but will shift from the few to the many, right? Uh, This is when the real magic will happen. And the last note, and I say that humbly, uh, that us on the frontier of AI today who are really struggling with the tough problems that exist today uh, are not the best group to imagine what AI can do for literally every organization and human being on the planet. Our mission is to democratize AI so that others can can then apply it responsibly, uh, hopefully, to solve some of the um, most pressing problems of, of humanity. Well, that's that's definitely a really good outlook. Very positive, I would say. Very, uh, very optimistic very as well. Positive. So, <laughs> I like that. So, Kirith, you know, thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. We really enjoyed having you as a guest, and we know our listeners really learned a lot from you and gained even more insights. You know, by by the end of this year, if our listeners are listening to all of our podcasts, you will all be experts on this topic of machine learning ops. I can guarantee you because we've had so many podcasts on this topic and I just encourage you all to go to AIToday.live to even see more of them. So thank you so much, Kavir, for sharing your insights with us here on this podcast. Thank you for having me, Owen and Caitlin. It's been, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. And if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group, and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts.
Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.